This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to another episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be doing a review of the Chucky series, the new sci-fi series uh, based on Don Mancini's characters and following on from the story that has been through, you know, all the child's play movies, uh, Bride and Seed of Chucky, and then more, more recently Curse and Cult of Chucky. And it follows on directly after Cult of Chucky, which is really interesting and I mentioned before, and I've talked about it on my social media platform as well, I really appreciate Don Mancini's love for these characters. He's been involved in all the Chucky films from the beginning, so he obviously has a love for this character and a love for this storyline, and that is something that's really unique in Hollywood, especially with such a long-running franchise. I mean, the first Child's Play film came out all the way back in 1988, which is a crazy amount of time that's passed since that film. Uh, and we have, you know, Brad Dourif returning uh, as the voice of Chucky. We also have Jennifer Tilly returning as Tiffany. It's really a, a culmination of everything. Even Alex Vincent's back as Andy, who played Andy all the way back in the original Child's Play film and the subsequent sequels. But really, really cool to see this group of people trying to create something very meaningful to them and having fun with it too. This feels very much like a love letter to Chucky, whilst also bringing it into a new generation and having a bit more fun with the characters. And I feel like a TV show is the perfect avenue for this storyline as well. Curse and Cult of Chucky, I really, really enjoyed, especially Curse of Chucky. I thought it was a above average uh, straight-to-DVD film. I, I was shocked, actually, that the film went straight-to-DVD because its production design was fantastic. Don Mancini did a really good job with the cast. We have uh, Brad Dourif's daughter, Fiona Dourif, playing uh, Nika, uh, who is, I guess, our protagonist or was our protagonist in both Curse and Cult of Chucky. And it was a really interesting dynamic that was set up and moving forward. Where was this story going to go? And I really appreciate, like I said, Don Mancini's love for these characters because both those films were so, so good. And I really did enjoy the direction of the story. And now we have this series coming out in 2021 that's taking it in yet again, another fun direction whilst also showing a lot of love for the property and really giving fans of the franchise something to look forward to. I mean, so many of these horror franchises take themselves way too seriously, especially, I guess, with the slashes from the 80s getting their own remakes, you know, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street, and all of those films were taking themselves so seriously Chucky's kept that tongue-in-cheek kind of vibe. Uh, Chucky's still a lot of fun on screen. He's quite funny and really charismatic still, which is great. And a lot of that goes down to Brad Dourif's uh, performance. And even uh, his daughter Fiona, who plays a version of Chucky, as well as playing young Charles Lee Ray, which I'll get into, 
she has such a love for her father's work too and obviously has taken a lot from him in terms of his performance. And there's some great behind-the-scenes documentaries and uh, featurettes available from this series just showing the level of care and preparation that goes into bringing these characters to life and, you know, all the way down to the mannerisms that Fiona Dourif displays on screen when she's playing Chucky because Chucky's possessing her uh, body. It's so interesting and so intricate and it it feels like such care was taken to get all of these elements right and I really appreciate the team's love and affinity for this character and and these elements. It's such a great... Uh, culmination of this franchise in general and I enjoyed the 2019 remake which I won't get into too much because I've got a review on the channel of that but I really do appreciate in that film that they took it in a completely different direction because they know hey we don't have Brad Dourif involved we don't have Don Mancini here why don't we take it in a completely different direction and show a different angle uh, to Chucky and Child's Play and that's exactly what they did with that film and it exists solely on its own. It doesn't need to be a part of this bigger story, but I appreciate that that film does stand on its own and doesn't need to be considered as part of this canon, which is interesting that both exist. I mean, we live in a time where there's so many adaptations coming every which way, and I was interested to see where they went from Cult of Chucky because I knew that they were keeping that franchise alive and Universal didn't want to do anything with the Chucky brand because Universal purchased the name Chucky itself but not the Child's Play name. So that's why Orion Pictures was able to make a remake. Whole different rights issue that's going on there. But uh, Sci-Fi, I believe, um, purchased the rights from Universal because I don't think Universal owns Sci-Fi. I could be wrong and... um, yeah, I, I definitely could be wrong. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting to see that they went with this direction after Cold of Chucky, which I, again, appreciate because it's something completely different and unique. And like I said, it's so cool to have a creator so in love with this franchise that he's able to bring new life into it after so long because the franchise consistently feels new and inventive. It still has elements of previous films and some of those tropes that we're used to, but it's doing something completely different all the time, which I really appreciate. And you'll hear that theme at the start of the episode that I played. It's just so good. Love the music here, and I think they use it really appropriately. Uh, the theme feels very unique and, and really cool, and it gets you in the, the weekly mood to, oh, let's go and check out Chucky. Um, if you're listening to this too, I'll go into minor spoilers, but I'm not going to spoil too much. Um, it's more of a discussion of the show and what I like, what I don't like. Um, I'll talk about some plot threads, but things that aren't overly important. But I'm assuming if you're listening to this because it's such a niche show, then you've definitely watched the show. If you haven't watched the show, then you've been warned that I will be touching on minor spoilers. Um, you can also check out the show on Nine Now, the whole season streaming there, all eight episodes. So uh, definitely go and check that out. If you're living in the States, I believe Sci-Fi have their own streaming service, so you can check it out there. And I'm not sure where else in the world it's streaming, but I'm sure you'll find a way to watch it. But that's my intro to this one, so let's get stuck into it. So take it away, trailer. I'm Chucky. Wanna play? It's October 31st. Hackensack is a haven for the bizarre, the effed up, and the straight up criminally insane. Historically speaking, the violence in our fair city has always spiked on Halloween. Where'd you get this? 
I have no idea. 20 bucks sound fair? This creepy doll just creeps me the hell out. Me too. Hi, I'm Chucky. Hello? Yeah, I'm calling about the doll. What? Be very careful with that doll. What are you talking about? Have you checked his batteries? There's this urban legend about Charles Lee Ray. He was a serial killer who died in the 80s. He terrorized Chicago for years. Prolific. Before he died, he transferred his soul into a good guy doll. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? you end up like this? It was your standard voodoo soul transfer. Chucky broke his soul into pieces. The last piece didn't go into a doll. Hello, Chucky. Long time. No see. Today is my lucky day. Charles Lee Ray was born in Hackensack. He's back in his hometown on a mission. Plans for this place. It's kill or be killed. <laughs> no one knows what's going on. Welcome home. I'm too old for this shit. So Chucky was written by Don Mancini, the series creator. It stars Brad Dourif, Fiona Dourif, Devin Sawa, um, as well as up-and-coming actors um, who make up the majority of our cast here, um, which I don't think I've got all the names of them. I should have been better prepared. Um, here we go. We've got Zachary Arthur as Jake Wheeler. Um, um, I want to say Jorgen Arneson. Uh, Olivia Allen Lind and Theo Bryons, um, and they're all pretty good. They're they're all up and coming actors, so I'm not going to judge them too harshly. And follows after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyllic uh, American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begins to expose the town's. Uh, Secrets, I guess. that That's the premise on a very surface level. So our main character, Jake Wheeler, played by Zachary Arthur, essentially finds this doll at a garage sale. Um, he's creating this art piece uh, of, like, dismembered doll pieces. Um, he's gay as well, which plays into a lot of the, the story and a lot of the um, issues that he's having with his dad, played by Devin Sauer. Um, Devin Sauer actually has a dual role here. He plays both Logan and Luke, Luke being the alcoholic father of Jake and um, Logan being his uh, brother, um, which is Jake's uncle. Um, and then after Chucky pretty much kills Jake's uh, dad, uh, Jake's then forced to live with his cousin Junior and his uncle Logan. And, yeah, that's sort of the the way into the story. So um, Devin is also gay and is the son of the police chief who is investigating all these murders in Hackensack, which is the town, uh, which we find out is the town where Charles Lee Ray actually grew up and where a lot of his crimes did take place. 
Um, and where we have Lexi, who's Junior's uh, girlfriend, and Lexi is probably the worst person in the world for the first three episodes. She's the worst person. She's so horrible. Um, the way that she treats Jake, uh, there's a Halloween party. She dresses up as her dead dad getting electrocuted, which is just really fucked up and really horrible. Um, but her character has this shift and becomes a part of this trio we have of Jake, Devin, and Lexi. And they're the three who are investigating what's going on with Chucky. They know something's up and they're trying to get to the bottom of it, which was really fun. I really liked the throwback vibes of this feeling very much like an 80s film or TV show. I really like the relationship between the three kids and the growth of Lexi. It is a really sudden change for her, but the actress uh, does such a good job. Um, Olivia Allen Lind, I thought she was really good. And Lexi becomes a lot more of a complex character. We see that her parents are going through marital problems. Her mum's actually like this... Um, She's the mayor, I believe, and her uh, sister has this relationship with the Chucky doll as well, and she knows that Chucky's evil because he's tried to kill her so many times. Um, but the new plot thread that we're introduced to is that Chucky needs a... Uh, it's like a youth, like an untouched youth to actually commit a murder. And after they commit a murder, then uh, Chucky's able to branch his soul into more dolls. So that's the whole thing that Jennifer Tilly and... Uh, Nika are doing. They're collecting all these dolls. Um, Jennifer Tilly, of course, is Tiffany, actually, but in Jennifer Tilly's body, if you remember the events of Bride of Chucky. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of the the premise that we're going for here. And it's really unique and really fun. Like I said, it doesn't take itself overly seriously, but it does have a really good time with the overall story, which I really appreciate. It's really unique and different. Um, I really like the way that uh, Don Mancini treats these characters. Like I said, he obviously has a real love for the source material and that's why he's been involved for so long, which I really do appreciate. I think that the any other filmmaker that was to come into a project like this, they couldn't do it without his involvement because he has such a love for the story that's going on and such a love for the direction that he's taking these characters, which I really appreciate because the story feels very unique as to what's going on. And I really do love that whole vibe. I think it, it works really well with these characters, especially the new and old. Like we have a blend here. Like I said, uh, Nika's sort of shifting in and out of being Chucky um, at certain times when Chucky's weak or Chucky's distracted. Uh, then Chucky sort of leaves Nika's body and Nika sort of comes back. Um, the end of the show ends with Jennifer Tilly kidnapping Nika and cutting off her legs entirely. If you remember, she's actually paralyzed. So that's something that's um, uh, different as well. Like we're able to see that um, oh, she's not paralyzed, sorry, quadriplegic is the correct term. Um, but yeah, she can't feel her legs after an accident when she was young. And we have that shift between those two elements so it helps keep the audience in check to say oh this is exactly what's happening kind of thing and I really appreciated that because it just keeps the audience understanding of where the story's going I really appreciate as well um, a, a lot of the kills uh, and a lot of that is really fun the animatronics feel very natural still too it's a lot of puppeting work which is really cool and puppeteering I guess is the correct term 
um, a lot of that is still real, which is really cool. So we actually see a real Chucky doll and the movement of the mouth. Um, we had CGI used in Curse of Chucky, which was really noticeable. So I'm glad they went back to more of the traditional look. Sometimes, though, it doesn't work. There's a sequence where they visit Lexi's house where in the Halloween episode um, where Chucky's trying to kill Lexi, the house does catch fire. Ah, actually, it was after the Halloween episode, sorry. Um, Lexi has a party when her mum is at a meeting. It's episode three or four. Uh, and, yeah, the, the house does catch fire after Chucky fails to kill Lexi. And they return back to the house fire where the house fire did take place. And it was really interesting to see um, Chucky trying to corrupt these kids. And that was the fun part of this sequence. But when the kids, uh, Lexi's like hanging over the edge and Jake's deciding whether or not he should kill um, Lexi and Chucky's taunting him saying, do it, do it. She's horrible. Um, but he saves Lexi and Chucky's like, because of his height, he can't kill Lexi. He's too short but that sequence didn't really work for me. It looked a little fake. And there's a few moments like that where Chucky's weight is sort of felt like he's trying to stab someone and it just doesn't feel real because the knife movement feels very unnatural. It doesn't really work with the rest of the animatronics because the rest of that and the puppeting work is done really well. But there's a few moments where that does lack that finesse and that quality. And I think that comes down to it being a bit of a cheaper production. Like it's not as um it's not as you know finished as it would be if if it was um i guess a larger budgeted production or maybe it did have that finesse um to really complete it because for the most part the rest of it does look really good like there's a lot to love here which i really enjoy the the setup of the story is fun some of the settings of the episodes are really unique, like that this burnt, dilapidated building. We also go back and forth to um, Lexi's house after it's, um, well, that is the burnt and dilapidated building, but we go back there quite often, which I really do appreciate. Um, it's just a really unique setting and it's meaningful to the characters and it's also meaningful to Chucky because he knows this is like the congregation spot. Uh, we also go to... Charles Lee Ray's childhood home, which is where he set up his new base. Um, he's sort of getting all these dolls shipped there, and there's some fun back and forth with Nika and Jennifer Tilly, which I really appreciate. We have a lot of uh, lead up to some backstory into Charles Lee Ray, which is interesting, and it's it's great to establish this background to the character. My only issue comes with the fact that there's probably an episode's worth of backstory. So instead of cutting between back and forth, which really disrupts the flow of the episode, we could actually have it as its own complete episode. You could have even started the show with this episode and then lead on from there. I think it would have worked a little better. I thought that it was really interesting the way that they go into detail with a lot of these characters, which I find to be really fun. But the overall balance between both, you know, it does disrupt that flow, which I find to be a little irritating just because I really do like this backstory and I love the story that we're going with, but because of the back and forth, it just does feel a little disrupted and doesn't really work, um, which is a little disappointing sometimes. But at the same time, I found that the way that it, it does, you know, play into the rest of the story, um, it, it does really work um, in regards to the, 
you know, the overarching themes and the narrative itself. It, it's still really, really interesting and, and well put together, but there's just some of those moments where you feel like they could have just changed what was happening a little by giving that episode its own breathing room. Like, it does provide a lot of background to Tiffany as well and Charles Lee Ray, the fact that he was sort of just an evil kid. Like, he came from a pretty good family and he, he was just corrupted very young after witnessing the birth of, or the death, sorry, of his parents, um, well, his mum and uh, his dad, sorry, and then he kills his mum. It's pretty horrific and it's really interesting the way that it's put together, but I thought that the way that they established all of that, like I said, would have flowed better better in its own episode. And I think that's probably my biggest downfall of the show. A few budgetary things I can forgive because, again, the show itself can't help the fact that it's very, um, you know, very different in terms of the way that all of this is put together. It feels like it's more higher budget than a lot of sci-fi shows. I'll compare it to another sci-fi show I watched this year, which was Resident Alien. Resident Alien and Chucky both have a lot more production value going on than a lot more of these shows do. But I feel like it would have benefited even if they just had a little bit of money to throw around to finish off some of those finer details, like just some of the animatronics, just adding that weight behind Chucky so you actually buy into him as this force and this power. Instead, sometimes he just feels a little weaker, which is disappointing because overall, I like him as a character. Chucky still feels like Chucky, which is something that is quite fascinating to me considering the franchise is over 30 years old now. Um, He's still probably my favourite slasher villain just because of that. He's given more character, more backstory, and every entry feels like it complements the last. Chucky always has remained consistent. And again, that comes from the fact that Don Mancini has been so involved with this character and these characters over this period of time. The weakest elements of the story come as well from Alex Vincent's return as Andy. Andy was reintroduced in Cult of Chucky as he's like hunting down Chucky, trying to work out what his next moves are and all of that. And that's all fine, but every time we cut to him and he's, I think it's his half-sister, Kyle, every time we cut back and forth between the two of them, it just doesn't really work for me. It, it deflated the momentum that we had going with the other characters, which was a little disappointing. Um, I, I I thought that, yeah, it was, it was really, really interesting um, the way that everything else was put together, but just some of those momentum killers did affect my overall enjoyment of the show. Um, and a lot of that did come from the cutting back and forth between different characters. The show also feels kind of repetitive as well at points, which is a little disappointing. I, I find that a lot of the stuff that happens between Jake, Devon and Lexi is just, you know, rinse and repeat, which is fine. And it's stuff we've seen in other episodes of all other, I guess, elements of the Chucky series in general. Um, but I, I just find that with the promise now of a season two after it's been greenlit, which is exciting, I just hope that they introduce enough elements to keep the momentum going because I'm a little worried that it's going to feel a lot like season one. And that can be fun, but it needs to keep everything, you know, moving along. I don't want to see another, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to see the same thing again. I want to make sure that the show feels very 
different and refreshing each time I watch it. I don't want to have the promise of the same thing, rinse and repeat each and every time. And that just concerns me a little because there was a bit of that in this season. Now, the season itself is only eight episodes. So if they do a season two and it follows that similar platform where it's only eight episodes long, I think that's fine because then the show doesn't feel like it's overstaying its welcome. I just worry that if they do, you know, keep going with the show, that it's going to feel very much a procedural and keep feeling very much the same. I found that uh, Fiona Dourif was probably the strongest element of the show and I wish there was more of her in it. Uh, When she's playing her father especially, I found it to be really engaging and I was incredibly impressed with just her mannerisms, her posture, the way that she actually looks. They did, you know, very minor makeup to, I guess, make her face look more like her father's and Brad Dourif does the voiceover for the character, which is really cool. But she obviously, I mean, she grew up with her dad, so she she knows what he's like and how he works. And I guess bringing this character to life at a younger age, it was really interesting. And I really liked the visual connective tissue between that. And I'm glad that they got Fiona Dourif to actually do this. I didn't know the first time I saw it until there was the featurette that was featured after the credits of episode five, I want to say. And after that episode, we saw you know, the behind the scenes uh, creating, you know, young Charles Lee Ray and it was so well done and I was really impressed with her as a performer. I found her to be really engaging for quite some time, even outside of the Chucky series. She was in Dirk Gently, uh, which only lasted for a season on Netflix, but she was really good in that. She's in The Stand, which I still haven't watched, but every time she's on screen, she's a presence and I really actually like her as an actress and would love to see more of her And I'm hoping that she has a more expanded role in this new series of Chucky um, with season two. I'm hoping that they explore her character, Nika, more so than her as Chucky. I would just like to see more of that in season two. And I feel like they're going for something different in season two as we're focusing more on Tiffany and Jennifer Tilly, which I enjoy a little more um, because it's different. I I love Chucky, don't get me wrong. I think he's fantastic and I love when he's on screen. But if they explore other elements with Tiffany and uh, Jennifer Tilly moving forward, I'm completely fine with that because we haven't really been there before. Uh, Lexi's boyfriend, uh, Junior, is corrupted as well and he becomes the villain out of our our kid group, essentially. He kills his father and you think that he's going to kill Andy and the rest of the kids, but he has a change of heart and ends up dying um, at the end of the the season. Um, I didn't like Junior as a character. I found him to be like angsty teen and he was kind of irritating me through a lot of it. And how badly everyone treats Jake is just really appalling and so repetitive during the show. You just feel really sorry for him. Um, I thought Devin Sauer was really good in here too. I mean, he's playing a dual role of both brothers, Luke and Logan, and I thought he was really, really entertaining. Um, I'm not as familiar with a lot of Devin Sauer's stuff that he's done outside of, you know, like Final Destination. He was in The Fanatic, which is a terrible film, but he was quite good in that. Uh, He's got a new horror film out called Black Friday with um, Michael J. White and uh, Bruce Campbell, which apparently is a bit of fun. So I'm kind of keen to check him out in that because I actually really liked him here. I thought he was really good as both characters. And when he's on screen, he sort of adds that extra level because he is a bit more of an experienced performer. So when he's on screen, you kind of buy into a lot of this, you know, larger than life sort of stuff going on, which I really appreciate. 
and I found him to be quite entertaining in the in the roles that he he did bring to life on screen. Like he was quite good here, uh, and both of his characters get a little short change because they both die. Um, but I did find him to be quite entertaining on screen. Like he plays a dick in completely different ways, and it was kind of fun to see him do that. He's like pressuring his son Junior in one way, and then when he's playing the other brother, he's you know this horrific homophobic asshole to his other to his son Jake, and yeah, it was just really cool to see that level of talent. I wasn't expecting it, and I thought he was really good. Uh, but overall, guys, this is a really fun show. I, there's not too much else to say. I mean, it's Chucky, Chucky doing Chucky things. It was really fun seeing the Halloween setting for an episode two, like Chucky dressed up as a trick-or-treater going around, you know, doing Chucky things. Like it was quite horrific, but it was really fun. Like that's a setting we haven't seen Chucky in before. And it was really, really interesting. And I really, really liked it. Uh, the kills are all really good. The animatronics are fun. Like there's a lot going on here that I really enjoyed. I just found that the show did feel a little repetitive. And I think if they refine the formula a little to not cut back and forth as much as what it was, then it would work a little better as a show. Give the Charles Lee Ray stuff its own episode because it's all really engaging and all thoroughly entertaining, but it's just cutting back and forth a little too much to keep that flow and momentum going. So I would have liked to have seen a little more of that um, integrated with the story and maybe just paced a little differently. There's an overuse of pop music too, which I found to be the case in a lot of these sci-fi shows. I would have liked if they just used a more natural score because, like I said, that opening theme is so cool. And every time that the theme is on screen too, the Chucky text changes too. There's one episode where it's made up of doll parts, one episode where it's made up of syringes and medical equipment. There's one where it's made up of like boxes of good guy dolls. It's just really cool and a really unique intro and I love that music. And I even liked what Bear McQuarrie did with the Child's Play 2019 film and I would have loved to have seen a score more reflective of what that was because tonally it felt more appropriate for a child's play product. So I would have liked to have seen that here rather than using pop music because like I've mentioned many times before, pop music does tend to date a lot of these uh, products quite quickly. So instead of having the product feel dated, you know, you could have a score that stands the test of time and lasts a lot longer. But overall, guys, I had a really, really good time with this one. I'm probably going to give Chucky Season 1 a 7.5, which is currently where it's sitting at on IMDb. So I think that's an appropriate rating because it's not good enough to me to be an 8. I thought Episode 5 was the best, and that sort of heads in that you know 8 to 8.5 territory. But the show itself, as a Chucky fan, I was incredibly impressed, and I had a lot of fun with it. It's just a few of those more technical aspects and a few issues I had with the storytelling that prevent it from being something a little more than what it could have been. I thought the acting was all fine and serviceable for what it was going for, and I did have a lot of fun seeing Brad Dourif return as Chucky um, and seeing his daughter, Fiona um, Dourif, play a young Charles Lee Ray was really entertaining and I enjoyed that background stuff because we haven't seen it before, but it would have been better as its own episode, but that brings this review to a close guys. So make sure you definitely go and check out Chucky. Like I said, it's streaming now on nine. Now, if you're here in Australia or check it out on the sci-fi, um, I guess 
there's a couple episodes on the YouTube channel, I believe. It's it's very weirdly dispersed through a lot of platforms. So if you can find it, definitely go and watch it. Um, but I had a really good time with it as a Chucky fan. I'll have more content coming at you very shortly, guys. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at OzMovieGeek. But until next time, peace out.